Welcome to the Navigating Cancer Together podcast. My name is Talea Dendi. I'm an 11-year cancer thriver, cancer doula, and owner of On the Other Side. I use my experience to help others get on the other side of cancer. Gaps between the guidance, emotional support, and education that are needed and what one receives can be huge. This podcast fills those gaps by sharing stories, resources, and information about all things related to cancer and wellness. I interview guests from all walks of life who are living with cancer, caregivers, and those who are thriving on the other side. Also, I talk with organizations, healthcare professionals, and experts in the health and wellness spaces who offer complimentary and integrative care. Join me. We are in this together. Disclaimer, the purpose of this podcast is to educate and to inform. The podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. It is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professionals and is not intended for the use in the diagnosis or treatment of individual conditions. Guests who speak in a podcast express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions. Conclusions. Neither Talea Dendi, Navigating Cancer Together, On the Other Side LLC, nor any of its affiliates endorses, supports, or opposes any treatment option or other matter discussed in a podcast. The mention of any product, service, organization, activity, or therapy on a podcast should not be construed as an endorsement. Hello, everyone. This is Talea Dendi from OnTheOtherSide.life, and you're listening to to the Navigating Cancer Together podcast, the show that has something for everyone facing cancer. Why? Because everyone is different with different needs, beliefs, and perspectives. Thank you for joining us for this episode. I encourage you to open your minds and your hearts. Today, our very special guest is Shelly Slocum. Shelly is an author of an Amazon number one release, Love and Inspiration from Mom. She has been a real estate broker for 21 years, and she has taught classes as an instructor for Dale Carnegie Training. But she believes her most important job has been being a mom to her two wonderful daughters. Shelly now savors the ultimate reward for parenting, which is being Mimi to her three precious grandchildren. She has been married to her high school sweetheart for 39, yes, 39 (laughs) years. Her desired outcome in everything she does is to help people move towards success and happiness. Life has come with many challenges and blessings. As a non-smoking lung cancer survivor, Shelly believes she has been given the gift of time and she has made it her mission to spread more love and inspiration in the world. Shelly, thank you so much for joining us today and welcome. Thank you. It is an honor to be here. Thank you, Shelly. I'm so happy to talk with you. I appreciate you coming on and spending some time with me. I really want to talk about, Shelly, this very important topic of lung cancer. You actually are a non-smoker. Can you please share with us, Shelly, how you discovered that you had lung cancer and then also what stage you were able to catch it? 
Yes. Lots and lots of blessings in my story. (laughs) I, as you said, I was a non-smoker. So lung cancer was never on my radar. And I just happened to go to the emergency room in 2019. It was November of 2019. I had a just terrible pain in my back left quarter. And I thought I had a kidney infection. And so it took me to the emergency room. And when they did the CT scan, the emergency room doctor came in and said, yes, we confirmed it's actually a very large kidney stone. And I said, oh, wow. And he said, it's a pretty good size stone. You have about a 50-50 chance of passing it. I am a competitive person by nature. (laughs) So I looked at him and I said, oh, 50-50 chance, I'll pass it. And he laughed. Okay, we'll see. I passed that kidney stone. So hooray. (laughs) But in the midst, in the CT scan, they noticed a little nodule in my lung. And it was in the bottom left of my left lung. So he told me about it and he said, lots of people have nodules in their lung. It doesn't necessarily mean anything. It can be scar tissue. It can be like a fungal infection. He said, but make sure that you follow up with a CT scan. So we get another measurement of it. So that was November of 2019 and then COVID and nobody's going in for CT scans. And so fast forward to February. February of 2021, I thought, oh goodness, I've got to get in to get that CT scan and make sure everything's okay. I just bebopped it in between appointments because I'm a realtor and never thought anything about it. When I went in and got the scan the next day, the doctor called and said, or the her office called and said, the doctor would like for you to come in and go over your test results. <laughs> I, of course, said, though, can't you just give them to me over the phone? And they said, no, she'd like for you to come in. So that was uh, the beginning of my cancer story. Who knew that I would be really grateful for a large kidney stone? Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> but, but it saved my life. Interesting. I've often heard of people that go in for one thing and then they end up finding something else totally unrelated to the initial reason why they're being seen by a doctor. It is a blessing. It really is a blessing, although it's inconvenient, but who knows how long you would have went without knowing that you had lung cancer. Exactly. Because especially for a non-smoker, you're not routinely getting chest x-rays and things to to rule things out. And for the most part, non-smokers and a lot of smokers too, lung cancer is not caught until it's stage four. And I had no symptoms there's absolutely nothing that would indicate (laughs) that I had lung cancer. Even after the CT scan, my doctor said, it could be nothing and it could be something. She said, but it's changed in consistency and it's grown since your last scan. So she said, those things indicate that it's not just scar tissue. That's right. (laughs) Shelly, what stage was it actually caught at? Do you remember? Yes, it was stage one because of the size. So with lung cancer, it was based, and I don't know if it's different with other cancers, but it was based on the size. It was less than 
two centimeters and all of my lymph nodes around it were clean. And we'll probably talk a little bit about treatment. I saw two different surgeons and they both had different treatment plan. One was that they would, if they determined that it was cancer during the surgery, they would do like a Mohs type surgery. They would keep cutting until they got clean tissue and they would take some lymph nodes around. The other surgeon said, if we find that it's cancer, my routine is that I take the entire lobe and all of the vasculature that Mm. goes with that and all of the lymph nodes that go with that. I was overwhelmed by that, but I opted to go with that route. Okay. At least you know what your options were and that was given to you up front. And it sounds like it was explained to you in a way that you understood the pros and cons of each option. Is that correct? I think so. It was a whirlwind from the time that I did the CT scan to the time I was on the operating table was three weeks. So it was pretty quick. I had seen my primary care doctor. I had seen a pulmonologist at National Jewish, which is a world-renowned pulmonology hospital. So that was amazing. And then I spoke with two surgeons. The one that I opted to go with was the one that said that he just takes the entire lobe because he said, I have had several patients come to me after they had an initial cancer diagnosis and they only took part of the lobe. He said, and then they come to me and the cancer's back and I have to be more aggressive. So he said, I just routinely take it. Once we find out if it's cancer, I take the entire lobe. So that's the route I went. I felt like I was informed enough to make a decision. Honestly, I was still praying before I went into surgery that it wasn't cancer. Strong sense that I'm fine. I was disappointed when I woke up and my husband said, yes, it was cancer. And they took the lobe. The key is you woke up, Shelly. That's the key. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yes, yes. Shelly, you mentioned that you were a non-smoker, you are a non-smoker, non-smoking lung cancer. How common is that? And do you happen to know what could have caused it? My understanding is about 10% of the lung cancers are in non-smokers and no one has been able to give me any idea. I think that's what's really hard because I've lived a pretty healthy lifestyle. I, I watch what I eat. I've always been very active. I was a competitive gymnast when I was young. I've just always really taken care of myself. Funny, not funny. My college roommate said to me when she found out about it, she said, oh my gosh, Shelly, you're my healthiest friend. (laughs) If this happens to you, the rest of us are (laughs) doomed. And I said, that's not, you just never know what cards you're going to be dealt. And as much as I wish I knew what caused it, probably never will. And I'm just doing everything I can to keep my body healthy and strong stays gone. Shelly, that's pretty common for most people with cancer. They don't know. I don't know what caused mine. It was a little frustrating, like you said, because it's like you want to know so you can make sure you're protecting yourself from that going forward. But I think that there's just so much in the air, in the soil environment, just in the environment, period. 
it's just everywhere. There's so many different toxins everywhere that we're not even aware of. Yeah, I agree. I think for lung cancer, there are some risks with radon, things like that, asbestos, but that I know of, I was never, I didn't ever sleep in a basement that I know of. I've never been exposed to asbestos. So I just, I don't know. It's a mystery. Yeah. That's common. Shelly, I would like to ask if you have experienced any latent side effects from the treatment that you received within the last year or even recently, any side effects? Interestingly, the lungs are interesting organ. They're not like the liver where the liver regenerates itself. So the, my surgeon said to me and my pulmonologist, we did a big pulmonary function test before my surgery. We have not done one after the fact, which I think would be interesting to know what my capacity is, but their response is the lungs, even though they don't grow back, you can increase their capacity. If you think about training for to run a marathon, when you first start out running a mile is really difficult and you can't breathe and you're gasping for breath, but you can build up your stamina. So I am really finding that with my new half lung. <laughs> I have one and a half lungs. And when I first came home from the hospital, our bedroom is up on the second floor. I came home not on oxygen, which was terrifying, but I was already doing pretty good to keep my blood oxygen or pulse ox just over 90. <laughs> but going up the stairs, like two steps was more than I could do. So I only came down once a day and went up once a day, but it took me a while to get upstairs. And now I've built my stamina to where I can walk three miles. I feel probably like 85 to 90%. I, I definitely get winded when I go to the mountains. I can really feel the, the impact of the elevation, but I'm just so thankful that my body has been strong enough to build up my stamina. Most people would never know. <laughs> Good for you. It takes time also. It really does. And I believe that you'll get back to, if not where you were before, pretty close. It takes time, Shelly. It was a major surgery. I am very thankful that we caught it so early and the lymph nodes were clean. So I didn't have to go through the other types of treatments, but yeah, just the surgery alone was, it was, <laughs> was a pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> That's a blessing that you didn't have to go through chemo or radiation or anything like that. So right. good for you. Thank you. Shelly, I do want to talk about the stigma around lung cancer. As a non-smoker who developed lung cancer, did you feel like misunderstood in any way? And if you did, how did you work through those feelings? Yes. Recently, I traveled to New York. My husband and I participated in the 5K Tunnel to Tunnel Tower walk. It felt so amazing that I could walk that and crowds were cheering for all of the walkers. And I just was smiling like, you have no idea <laughs> how great this is. On my flight home, after walking and just, it was taxing on my body and I had a bit of a cough. That is one thing that I've really struggled with since the surgery is I've had a cough 
more than I ever did. And I just mentioned to the guy next to me, I said, I just wanted you to know that if I'm coughing, I'm not sick. Everybody's worried when you're coughing that it's COVID. And I said, I'm not sick. I'm recovering from surgery. I had lung cancer. And I'm very careful with my words. Yes, (laughs) that's right. He said, Oh gosh. Oh, thank you for telling me that it did make me a little nervous that you were coughing next to me. He said, gosh, I'm very sorry to hear that you had cancer. And I said, yes, non-smoking lung cancer. And he looked at me and he said, Oh, I'm really glad you said that because Mm -hmm. I'll be honest, I was judging. Oh, wow. He said, he said that. And I was like, Oh God, it's people judge people have perceptions. And the thought was that he was thinking, gosh, you brought this on yourself. That was just the way he made it sound. And I thought, wow, I'm glad I clarified it, but it makes me sad that I have to. I was just going to say you felt the need that you had to. It's really sad because we never know what a person's going through. We never know what has brought on whatever it is that they're struggling with. We just don't have that history or that story. So to start off by judging people is is kind of cruel. And then even to take it a little bit further and say, oh, someone smoked, so they deserve to get cancer. That's not right either. Not right. Not right. And I was surprised that he said that, you know, that, gosh, I'm glad you said that. I was judging. Mm. <laughs> but I assume that a lot of people judge and don't say, and they're not. That, that's the truth. Yeah, that is so yeah, true. So. And if you think about it, Shelly, that was a beautiful moment. And I say that because you were able to speak your truth and just flat out say, hey, this is what's going on. This is what I've been through. And he was able to say, you know what? I was judging you. And you two just not even get angry, have ill will towards yeah. each other. You just simply shared the truth. You're right. It was a pretty special moment. We had a nice conversation the rest of the flight. So I think that was maybe a good growth experience for both of us. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it really says a lot because having conversations about cancer is tough. And then also having conversations about a lot of things that are going on in the world today is tough. So just being able to make that connection with a complete stranger and have no animosity. Wow. Yeah, it was a good thing. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. Shelly, what were some of the things you did and still do today to stay positive after a cancer diagnosis? I have always been a pretty positive person. People joke about Pollyanna thinking. (laughs) (laughs) And I say, no, I have Shellyanna thinking, which I think is where reality meets positivity and optimism. I'm not one that buries my head in the sand. I decided to approach this cancer journey really head on. I had no idea when, before I went into surgery, what I was facing. Thankfully, it turned out that it was stage one, but just feel like we get the cards that were dealt And we make the best hand that we can. I just am convinced that if we keep a positive attitude and we seek blessings in everything, big and small, I decided before my surgery that I was going to look for the lessons in Mm -hmm. this lung trial and write them down. 
I have a Jesus calling book and on the inside of it, I have written here blessings in my lung trial. (laughs) Nice. Every day I would find something that I was thankful for that kept me in a positive mindset. And the other thing that I think I'm really grateful that I wrote it down because now when I'm having a particularly hard day or I can go back and I can look at it and go, wow, yes, yes, I can do this. I love that. You can see how far you've come. Still write in a gratitude journal every day. I write three things that I'm thankful for. And some days it's harder than others, three things, but other days I could write 20 things. Shelly, what lifestyle changes have you made and what else are you doing to stay on a healthy path? As I said, I've always been a pretty healthy eater. I had some kind of early on arthritis and I think it was because of my gymnastics career, Sure, (laughs) but I have done a lot of kind of alternative health approaches throughout my life. But in my late thirties, I started getting really arthritic hands and feet and some joints and they wanted to put me on really high dose arthritis medication. And I was like, no, I don't want to start that. So I did some blood testing and found out that I was really sensitive to dairy. So I went off dairy when I was 38 and things got way better. And I was pretty good for about 10 years. And then everything started getting bad again. So I went off of gluten when I was 48 and I felt really great. And, but now I'm almost 60. So I'm still, I'm gluten and dairy free. I read a lot about going vegan with cancer and I still enjoy an occasional steak or a hamburger. So I consider myself vegan light. (laughs) That's a good way to put it. I I mostly eat fruits and vegetables, my husband's steaks and meat. So I'll do that occasionally with him. But I tried to just give my body the best nourishment I can to help it heal and stay strong. And I walk as much as I can three miles at a time. I love walking. I feel like nothing can beat walking. (laughs) I agree. When we did the Tunnel to Towers 5K, I live in Colorado. So I'm at the altitude mile high, just getting to New York at sea level. I Mm. felt, wow, this is amazing. I can breathe great. And I said to my husband, when we were going through the tunnel from Brooklyn into the city, I said, I feel like running a little bit. Do you feel like running? And so we mm-hmm. jogged a little bit and I was just, wow, I never thought I would run again. <laughs> so it's the little things we always appreciate. Shelly, I want to talk to you about your husband. Say this because 39 years, that is definitely something to aspire to. I have a two-part question. The first question is, what was the level of support that your husband gave you when you were going through your a cancer journey? And the other part is for all the people out there who are single and one day want to be married and have a happy marriage, successful marriage, what have you done to make it to 39 years? As anybody who's married knows, it's not easy. And even though we've been married for 39 years, we have had our ups and downs, but I feel like that's life. That's right. Life as a roller coaster. Sometimes you're going up and it's exciting. And sometimes you're coming down and it's scary, but we just work through things. And I'm so grateful that we have done that because I tell you, my husband is career military. So he's been deployed many times. He was actually injured on his last 
deployment in Afghanistan. So we deal with that, but he was an amazing support through my journey. It was really incredible. I was in the hospital after my surgery for three days, which I'm still like floored that I went home with no oxygen after three days. He was my rock. He spent the night at the hospital with me. He was there when I woke up. It wasn't easy for him either, but he was there every minute for me that, and just encouraging me and supporting me and letting me know we got this together. That's a blessing, such a yeah. blessing. And I'm glad that you were able to have that support because a lot of people don't, and it yeah. makes a big difference in their outcome. I agree. I'm very grateful. This is maybe too much information, but I remember when they were taking, cause I had chest tubes in and first day they went to take the larger of the two chest tubes out. And my husband, you know, they asked him, do you want to stay in here? And I just looked at him like, you have to stay in here. Like I have to hold your hands. So I gripped his hands as hard as I could. And they pulled the chest tube up and he just kept watching (laughs) with his mouth wide open. And I was like, is it done? Is it done? And he was like, I couldn't, he couldn't believe it. So I just having him there and being able to hold him and draw strength from him was truly a blessing. It is. I'm so happy that you had your husband. Yes. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Shelly, you say that you have been given the gift of time and perspective. How have those gifts benefited you and how do you plan on using them? I think life can get away from us. I think we get in the roller coaster of things or the treadmill of things and you forget that we're here for a limited time. And I feel like my cancer diagnosis was a reminder that this doesn't go on forever. Make the best of what you have, Shelly, and give it away. I had a book written for a few years that I had written to help my daughter through a big struggle in her life. And I just was too busy with work. I was a real estate broker for 21 years and I just didn't have time to focus on getting my book to the finish line and getting it published. After my surgery, I was suddenly not busy. (laughs) Just, I was busy (laughs) recuperating. That's when I was like, you know what, Shelly, this book is not helping anybody sitting on your computer. So I committed to getting my book published and it's, it was inspiring for me (laughs) to get through the process of publishing it. And now my goal is to change the world one inspired person at a time. Wonderful. Shelly, please tell us more about your book. Who is it for? And what message do you hope that the reader will walk away with? I know they say that you should have a target market for your book, Mm -hmm. but my target market is anyone who's going through a struggle. And that's the world, right? right. Especially right now, our world needs so much love and inspiration. And I just feel like this book can help anyone, whether you're going through a cancer struggle, whether you're going through relationship struggle, whether you're going through just struggles with isolation from the COVID, there's just so much need out there for love and inspiration. The title of my book is Love and Inspiration from Mom and Jack Canfield who is the co-author of Chicken Soup for the Soul, all those series. He wrote the foreword for my book. 
And he says, it's like a warm hug in a book. So anybody who might need a warm hug, (laughs) my book would be a great gift for them. Shelly, where can they find your book? It is available on Amazon by title Love and Inspiration from Mom by Shelly Slocum. I also have a website that you can go to. It's loveandinspiration.org, O-R-G. I will put that information in the listen notes so that the audience can easily find it. You know what? There's a way to contact me through the website. If someone is struggling and would love for me to come alongside and just help them through their journey, I would be honored to be a partner in that. Thank you for sharing that, Shelly. Before we transition into the two questions that I'd like to ask all my guests, is there anything else that you would like to share about your cancer journey, your book? Anything else? I just would like to share that the sun will come up tomorrow. I am a firm believer that if you keep positive, look for the blessings, even on the hardest days, there's something to be positive about. And when we put that focus on the positive things, more positive energy and people come into our lives. There's a quote, my book is actually a collection of inspirational quotes. So on one page, on the left-hand side of the page is an inspirational quote, lots of famous quotes. And then on the right side of the page, I give tips on how to apply that inspiration in your day. And then I say, love mom. So, you know, I think most people would love to live a more inspired life because people love quote books and quote calendars and all that. But if you don't apply it, it really doesn't benefit you. So those are the tips that I give you. Here's the inspiration. How can you apply it today? Love mom. That's nice. And you're right. A lot of times we read and hear these beautiful quotes. Oh, it sounds good. And you think about it for a few minutes and then you just kind of forget about it. The book has 90 quotes and love moms. So you can do it one day at a time. You can open it to wherever, you know, it leads you for the day, or you can read it cover to cover. However is best for you, but it gives you at least 90 days worth of inspiration. You get through those 90 days, those 90 quotes, you can go back and start all over again. again. Yeah. Yes. Wonderful. Shelly, as I mentioned, I like to ask my guests these two questions. The first one is, what is something that people often misunderstand about you? Being a realtor for 21 years, it is probably (laughs) the most stressful time for people when they're buying and selling homes. (laughs) I've had people often say to me, Shelly, you are so calm. Nothing (laughs) rattles you. And I think what people misunderstand about me is I think I'm like a duck on a pond. I'm smooth sailing on the top (laughs) and underneath my legs are going a million miles an hour. Yeah. (laughs) That's me. A duck on a pond. I like that. I think sometimes that's how most of us are though. We're just trying to keep going, put our best foot forward and people don't see the work that's going on underneath below the surface. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes it's a lot. (laughs) Sometimes. Yes. Shelly, if you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? I would live exactly where I live. I was born and raised in Denver, Colorado. All of my family is here. My husband was career military. And so we've lived other places. 
And we chose to come back to Colorado. And I think what I love so much about Colorado is I love the change of season. We lived in beautiful, sunny San Diego for many years. And as much as I loved it and I love the ocean, everything stays the same. (laughs) I'm like, wow, you just, the leaves never change. Everything's the same. So I enjoy the change of seasons because there's always a renewal and a refreshing feel when everything reblooms. Yeah. That's a great way to look at it. (laughs) Every Noel. I like that. Shelly, it has been such a pleasure talking with you and having you on the show. Thank you so much for sharing your cancer diagnosis from the perspective of someone who was not a smoker. I think it's very important for people to hear your story and to know that you don't have to smoke in order to get lung cancer. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And I never knew really there was such a thing as non-smoking lung cancer. So I think it's important for people to know that it's a thing. That's right. <laughs> and it's also, if you catch it early, it's it's a good thing. Yeah. Get those screenings, go to right. the doctor when something doesn't feel right. If you're not getting the answers that you are seeking from your doctor, find a different one, but make sure you understand and know what's going on with your body. Absolutely. We know our body best. The doctors can only go with the information they have. So if you're not getting the answers that you need and deserve, find someone else. That's right. Thank you, Shelly. I would like to give a shout out to the listeners before we end today. Thank you so much for joining us. If you have enjoyed this episode, please share, follow, or subscribe so that you can easily find my podcast and listen again. That is it for this Wednesday. And until next time, let's keep navigating cancer together. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Navigating Cancer Together. I hope you enjoyed it. Please be sure to subscribe. And if you enjoyed the show, please share or tell your friends and family about it. For notes from the show and previous episodes, visit ontheotherside.life and check out the podcast section. I would love it if you joined us for the next episode. Talk to you soon.